show, Jesse Morrow. How are you doing, Jesse? Good, Dave. How are you? Good. Why don't you take a second and introduce yourself? Um, I'm Jessica Morrow. I'm 32 years old. I'm originally from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, and I just recently moved to Mesa. I've been shooting USPSA. January will be two years now. Really excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for being on. Wow. Just two years, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wow. Like you're unpacking your house. We'll have to unpack all of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you a Steelers fan? Um, I, I like hockey a little bit more, but you know, if I had to pick a football team, I would say the Steelers. So, okay. All yeah. Right. We won't hold it against you. I'm from Dallas. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there's okay. a little bit of history there. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I usually ask a few icebreakers so we get to know our guest. Yes. So we're, we're going to jump right in with those. What's your favorite movie? Casino. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I feel like you should be living in Vegas. <laughs> right? Right. I don't yeah. think I can his lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's very particular in the movie and he kind of gets focused on, you know, I, the, the blueberry muffin scene comes to mind, you know, and he's, he's looking at the other guy's muffin and he's like, why does mine have so many blueberries and yours have none? So um, I'm a little OCD in, in particular, so I really like it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me write that down because that, <laughs> that leads right into shooting. OCD does. Yes, yes. All right. Favorite book? So Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, why is that your favorite? So I had read it in college and I, I just thought it was such a wonderful book. I think it's a, a great book to gift. Um, you know, it, it's pretty simple practices, but I think it really makes a difference in how you interact with people. Um, and I, I loved it so much at the end of the book, they offered a course in it. And I'm like, dad, you know, will you please send me to this? And so he did. And it was, you know, I say it was worth, worth more than my whole college education, just the skills that you learn in public speaking. So yeah, I really love wow. that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Now, how long was that course? Um, oh, I want to say it, it might have only been two weeks, I think, okay. but pretty pretty intensive so long ago. In person? Yes. Yes. A big okay. group. You know, you have a, a group of people, so you're practicing those public speaking skills. And mm, and being critiqued live, yeah. yeah. Yes. So. Okay. It was a lot of now, fun. Now, you said college. Where did you go to college? Pit. Yep. Okay. So, yep. So. I, um, my time in the Marine Corps, I had a guy in my reconnaissance team that went to Pitt. He was a walk-on on the football team. Nice. He was a, line, a linebacker. And he always joked that his biggest moment, they were on national TV. I don't remember if it was Notre Dame or who they were playing. I don't remember now. But he said he basically got decleated on a kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> he said that's his big claim to fame. <laughs> oh gosh, I bet that was more thing at the time. <laughs> Hopefully, he was still. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. So it was. It's a funny story. But um, what did you get your degree in? Psychology. So I just. Oh, that explains one of my other questions coming up. Okay, <laughs> leads right into that. <laughs> 
All right. If you're into superheroes, who is your favorite superhero, if not historical figure? So I was never that into superheroes. Um, my brother played a lot of Magic the Gathering as a kid, so there were some comics there, and I would always get the X-Men ones, and I loved Logan, Wolverine. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's been said a couple of times. So. Has it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So it seems like you have shot a lot of different types of competition. With, um, yeah. Okay. With all of that in mind, what's your favorite gun? And it doesn't even have to be one that you competed with. It could just be one that, you know, you would buy if you could or, and your favorite caliber, but they don't have to be married together. Just because your favorite gun's a Benelli shotgun doesn't mean it has to be a shotgun round. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I, I like nine minor. I think it's easy to shoot. Um, gun wise, that's tough. So I've, I've been shooting my Terran tactical sand Viper and it is, it's so awesome. It, it's super easy to shoot, shoot. It's lightweight. Um, and I've had no, no issues with it at all. Now between that or my shadow two, the shadow two is a really great gun. I, I really beat up on it in the first year, you know, like cleaning it. I'd show up at a local match and people were like, Jessica, you have to like, have you cleaned this at all? And I'm like, you know, I put some oil on it. It still runs. <laughs> I like reliability there. So, yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if people are only listening to this, they need to go back and watch this moment <laughs> on YouTube because you can tell she's thinking hard as she starts moving her head side to side <laughs> and looking up. It's pretty funny. So my fifth question is normally one that is um, personal to the guest. And yours actually leads right. It's funny. I said, you used to do social work. What was it you did? But if you got a degree in psychology, is that what you did? Um, yeah. So I was a supports coordinator. So I worked with um, individuals that had a developmental disability of some sort, an IQ below 70. Uh, the state and county and federal government allocate funds to help support those families um, to, to make things a little bit easier for them. So I would go in and, you know, I'd, not to bore you too much, but, you know, you'd make it an individual support plan is what we would call it. Um, so everything you would need to know about this individual, a team would get together and, and put that all in a little packet. Um, they would have staff. I, I would monitor staff, monitor for health and safety, satisfaction, you know, um, it, you used to see a lot of people going into state hospitals, uh, which is really sad. There wasn't the care that was needed there. So they moved over to, you know, person-centered services. So then you now see that in, in group homes in regular neighborhoods, probably maybe even in ones, you know, that you or I live in. Uh, and yeah, so I'd go to those houses. I'd go to their day program. Up. <laughs> yeah, um, I am a paramedic, so I know exactly what houses you're talking about. Yes. I, yeah. I actually go to those houses. Okay. Okay. And, and most times you, you have no idea, like literally you'll be driving, you know, we'll get dispatched to a residential address for whatever complaint and right. get there. And, and I'm like, I'll look around and now I've done it enough times. I'll go, I bet this is a group home. 
Yep. And go inside. And sure enough, it is. So very interesting. Okay. So yep. that doesn't bore me because it's what I also see. So yeah, in a, yeah. Way, in a way you could say I do social work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it was definitely a, a, a rewarding career, but very emotionally taxing. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, seeing dead 14-year-olds from overdose on fentanyl is... is yeah, that's terrible. It is. So what is... Well, I'm going to... Is the whole mentally taxing part the reason you got out of it? Yes. I, I had a caseload um, where I had a, a guy that was dual diagnosis and, you know, he didn't really fit on the behavioral health side because he would be taking advantage there. But on the IDD side, you know, he might be taking advantage of others there. Um, and, you know, the system, while, I, you know, they're great, wonderful people that are working to make it better, it, it's still, you know, in the works. And, and um, it led to a situation where, you know, it, you couldn't really control it. And it was really unfortunate. But I, I really took that stuff home with me. Like, I saw the people on my caseload mm. and they're, you know, that, I, I cared about them very much. So when there's things that are out of your control and people being hurt that you can't fix, it just, it got to be a little much for me. I'm a very empathetic person. So it. All right. So I, I'll get a little personal then. Yeah. Um, did, what did you do to try to offload some of that stress? So I, a ton of hobbies. I'm really big about having hobbies. Uh, so I would golf a lot. I'd ride my motorcycle almost daily there. This is back in Pennsylvania. Um, okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I see that. Um, so I would, uh, like I said, golf a lot, ride my motorcycle, um, you know, hang out with friends. I would read a ton. Um, so yeah. But that, not I, I don't have a degree in psychology, so I'm not claiming to know everything, but that's not, that's masking. Okay. That, that's not talking, but that's so, I, and I ask because as someone who is similar work, you know, you know, the other, another facet of what you do, um, I understand that you've got to talk with some of this stuff to just get it out, get it off, and then you can move on. Did you have anything like that? I think that was probably the biggest reason that I I didn't stay in that field because I wasn't very good at that. And it was something that, you know, I, I, I like to be in control of things and it, it felt like situations that were really out of my control. And, you know, um, yeah, so I, I maybe I guess I just didn't do a very good job at that. So you it looks like your right arm is covered in tattoos. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So I have a, a like three quarter length sleeve. Okay. On. Yeah. Is so. it one design or are there many? Yeah, it, it's it just roses on on that side. So. Okay. Yeah. Any family tattoos or anything like that, or just the one sleeve? So that they're all a little bit rooted in something related to something that happened to a family, you know, losing a family member, but just something personal to me that you know that. Reminds me of that, uh, you know, the roses yeah. were a poem. Um, and then, you know, I have another that um, I have an angel. I was in a car accident in high school 
I fractured C7 in my neck and broke my left collarbone. And everyone kept saying, you know, you had your guardian angel. So, you know, I, I wish my, my mom wouldn't have let me got, get one, but I did. So I have an angel on my side. Yeah. The, the older that I get, I'm like, oh, I, I wish I didn't have any. <laughs> um, you, know, you can express yourself in other ways. And, but, um, yeah. So is there a cover up in your future? Uh, so I started removing one on my left arm and it, it's kind of, it's got like the hypopigmentation. So it's a little bit lighter than mm. the rest of my skin. Uh, so I'm kind of like, okay, maybe I'll wait. This episode is brought to you by Gun Butter. Gun Butter is a premier lubricant for your rifle or pistol. They have grease for parts that need it, like lugs on a bolt gun. Man, do I love a bolt gun. It's a proprietary blend that they won't even trademark so as not to have to give away their trade secrets. Check out the video I put up on YouTube. Uh, look for another one coming soon. I even ran into Rick Powers, an RO at Carry Optics Nationals. He switched to it after listening to our podcast with Mason Litchfield. He loves it. Rob Epifania uses and loves it. Frank Shu uses it and loves it. Use Casual Shooter 20 and save 20% on checkout the lasers to get a little better and then look at, you know, revisiting that. Um, I still feel like I'm young enough now that I'm kind of okay with having them, but the older I get, I'm definitely, you know, there's different outfits that I'd want to wear and that I, I just would rather it be kind of simple. Um, I don't hate them, but you wouldn't make the same decision again. Absolutely not. And the worst thing is when young girls come up and say, you know, they, Oh, I love your tattoos. I'm like, I feel like a uh, Billy Madison, you know, and he's like, don't you ever say that, <laughs> you know? Um, so, <laughs> you know, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I tell them not to do it, but. So that was your, your older sister advice. Don't do it. Right. right exactly. <laughs> I, I don't want to say motherly. You're not that old. So. <laughs> um. All right, so when did you first shoot a gun? So I it was an ex-boyfriend's house, I think, in, gosh, 2012, maybe? It, it was terrible. Like, I, So I shoot it. It's into, like, this hillside. I shoot it, and everyone's standing behind me. I'm embarrassed to say this. And I turn around, and I'm like, was that good? And everyone's like, whoa. And I'm like, what? So, like, I definitely, like, flagged everyone. They're like, okay. Like, we're going to just put this over here. And um, so, yeah. So, that was the first time I shot a, a pistol. So Did yeah. you enjoy it, though? or it, it was fun. It was a little bit um, jumpy. I don't, I don't know what it was. It was some polymer, you know, probably a Glock or something. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't prepared for it at all. It was just kind of handed to me. Like, here you go. So, no direction. And, you know, probably could have used a little. <laughs> yeah, at least the, the basic, you know, don't point this anywhere. Should have been common sense, but, you know, your adrenaline kind of, oh, wow, this little explosion in my hands, you know, that was cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now, how do you go from flagging everybody your first time ever and being a YouTube star to <laughs> to today? Like, how did you find what made you decide to shoot a gun again and get into competition? So I, I had bought a house at 23 and I, I thought, 
well, I live alone. My schedule is pretty predictable. Maybe I should get a gun. And um, I, I bought a gun and oh, it was terrible. It was a, a Ruger LC9. Um, and, you know, I, I shot it a handful of times uh, at, at a target 10 yards away, you know, and then um, I don't remember when. So when my mom and stepdad passed away, they were both big into hunting. And then I ended up buying a rifle. I thought, you know, that might be something nice for me to feel a little bit closer to them. Maybe I'll, I'll try and hunt and see how that goes. So I bought a, uh, a Winchester Model 70 little bolt action um, gun. So that was, and then I thought, well, rifles are kind of fun. So then I, I bought another rifle and, um, and then I, I you know, it was kind of just like at camp with friends, we would shoot a little bit, nothing, nothing too crazy. And then when COVID hit, I was living in, well, I, I was actually living in Birmingham at the time. I had taken a job there and I was hanging out a lot though, when we got laid off for a little bit in, in Georgia again, because uh, I had li lived there previously and my friends were all doing this USPSA thing. And I'm like, well, that seems kind of cool. You know, maybe I'll go check that out. So I, I went one day and I, I went and took some pictures and kind of watched and I ended up ordering uh, a Shadow 2. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, I'm going to do this. So I, I ordered a Shadow 2. And it came in and I, I went to the range. Chris Workman, I'm not sure if you know him. Um, great guy. One of, one of my very good friends. But uh, went to the range and he was teaching some ladies in a ladies class. And I I just went and hung out for a little bit. And he said, you, sh you should come to this competition tomorrow. And I'm like... I don't think I'm ready, Chris. Like, yeah, I shot 30 rounds out of this thing. He said, just show up. Um, and I had ordered a belt. So I had a belt, uh, but and I had a gun, but I didn't have mag pouches. I didn't have a holster. Uh, so I show up and, um, you know, they're like, we'll get you taken care of tomorrow. So I got mag pouches from this one guy. Uh, There's this guy, Pedro and his daughter, some of my favorite people uh, that I've met in the, the sport. You know, they're like, here's this holster. And um, I shot and it was, it was so awful. I was like 2%. <laughs> like it looked like I didn't even finish the match. And I'm like, ooh, Jess, like you need to, uh, you need to maybe practice, figure this out a little bit. But um, so that kind of started the bug. And I was like, I'm going to get really good at this. And when was that again? So, so I say that January will be my two years. Actually my first match. So I had ordered the gun in August of 2020 and my dad passed away right after I bought it and I ended up not doing anything with it you know it just kind of sat until I got myself situated and it was a Halloween match so the targets were like you know it was like striped they had one like kind of like the Hamburglar guy with the stripes you know but it was like a partial target so I'm just like I'm lucky to be shooting if I even hit this target at all um so I shot that and then my brother passed away unexpectedly a few days after that. So I, again, I didn't touch it until January. So I kind of, I, I consider that, you know, my, my, you know, when I really got into it. Um, and from then it was like, you know, every weekend, every single weekend for probably a year. Wow. I, yeah. Yeah. I just fell in love <laughs> and I was so bad. That, you know, it seems to be people go one way or the other, the other, they either love it or you never see them again. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
I think as a woman, um, this is just my personal opinion. I think that there's not as much expectation. You know, I, I kind of feel like and maybe no one was thinking this, but in my mind, I'm like, they probably don't expect me to do very well to begin with anyway. So how much worse could it get? And it can't get any worse than the, the 2% Halloween match, you know? So, <laughs> like, I've already got last place. So it can only go up from here. So, <laughs> you know. Okay. So how, because um, you are new and you are a female shooter, how has your experience been as a female shooter in the sport? I it, it's been awesome. Uh, I think the men and women alike are super supportive. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough. My, my home range was East Alabama Gun Club. And being a new shooter and not knowing any better, you know, there's a lot of really great guys out of there like Chris Workman. Um, you know, Aaron Eddins is at AIU, Jacob Hetherington, John Browning. So uh, Dex Bradley. So all, all these guys that were like really high level shooters, I got a lot of direction and coaching from them and didn't really realize, um, oh, like these guys are really good. You know, even the, the, the local guys, there's a lot of really incredible, fantastic shooters there. Um, there were a couple women, not not so many, um, but growing up with a, a brother and a stepbrother, I, I feel like I was kind of always comfortable, more of a tomboy in those situations. So um, I think from the ladies side though, I, I started looking when I figured out how to use practice score, I started looking to see, okay, like who, who are these ladies that are shooting well? And I, I found Kaylee Lane and I'm like, okay, let me find her Instagram. You know, and I messaged her and, and she was so awesome. Like she's been, become like one of my best friends in the sport and I like, I absolutely love her. She's great. Um, she, I oh, I, I just have to interject for a minute. Yes. It's yes. Uh, on her end, it's a little bit of cheating because her and Mason work together with each other. So I, th I feel like those two are cheating a little bit <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. I've had right. Mason on, so I'm not, that's not busting his chops. <laughs> Mason's great too. I think, you know, regardless of, of Mason, I think Kaylee would still be a fantastic shooter. I think she's super made, motivated. She's a, really a true competitor and, you know, I have a lot of respect for her and, uh, you know, glad to call her my friend. So. Yeah, but Mason's great too. He's he's a really good guy. Great couple. So yeah, it seems like it. I don't know yeah. them as a couple, but yeah, yeah. they definitely they're they're a good match. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. So I hope they both do well at Worlds. So yes, yes, me too. But yeah, so I mean, there's been a lot of you know, and then when you're friendly and you go and you you talk to people, everyone's really willing to help you, and I, I felt nothing but support in every direction. So thankful for that. All right. All right. So you said being friendly. Um, do you, does your psychology degree ever kick in when you're talking to people? In, in what way? Like, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like a uh, stranger danger or all right, this person's legit. They're they're You know what I mean? So, um, I guess for like shooting advice, maybe I shouldn't say this, but again, when I figured out what practice score was, you know, you get, I'd post something on an Instagram story or something. Social media was huge for me. I, you know, I'd, okay, who, who's winning these things or who's shooting well? Okay. Let me go watch their videos. And how do I replicate that? Or at least, you know, try to, right. uh, so, you know, not that I don't, I think everyone has something 
positive to say and can be helpful. And I tend to take the route of, I like to hear all different people's advice. So even if I'm asking 10 people the same question, maybe one of them, it clicks with me, you know? And then you know, I have some friends yes. that are like, yes, I've been telling you this for three months. And I'm like, well, I didn't get it, you know? Um, so yeah, I try and take something away from, you know, anyone that I talk to. I think that, you know, I keep saying, you know, these accomplished high level shooters, but that's not the only place that I think you can get advice, right? Because there's some things that some people can articulate better, but maybe they don't execute it as well, but they, they can explain it well. So I try and be open to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I've used that same analogy where Tiger Woods, um, I can't think of his coach right now. I had, uh, I had written it down when I was going to use it at the time, but his coach wasn't a world beater, but he had Tiger Woods swing on point because he knew what he needed to do. And, and together they worked great. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And oh. I don't know if, did you hear the sound bite that I posted with Morgan with JJ? Uh, I don't think I did. Okay. Well, it's just a, a quick soundbite of us calling JJ old. <laughs> oh, I, I heard that in, I heard that in the podcast. Morgan's okay. so funny. He's so sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's funny because I bring that up because she's like, she doesn't normally prefer to take classes with older guys because they don't relate to younger girls very well. Right, right, right. So... I, I totally get where, you know, not everybody can articulate it and relate it to somebody else. So, yeah, I, I and on that note about, you know, not just older guys, sometimes men, I think it's important to have uh, women friendships and mentors in the sport because there's there's different things that you deal with. I think just as a woman and um, that, you know, can be intimidating at times. And, you know, so I think it's helpful to have that support there and like i said all the ladies are you know just as awesome as the guys so all right so let's jump right into that because the i i've mentioned i forget which podcast now who i was talking to but the dynamic between the ladies super squad and the men super squad is 180 degrees opposite yeah yeah the ladies super squad it, i mean it's so much fun it's like it you know we all are coming from male dominated clubs and used to shooting with a bunch of males. So it's really fun to get the ladies out there and attitudes are great. The resets great. Just, you know, really having a good time. It's, it's super empowering. It's motivating to, to watch another woman do something and be like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, that's been, been really awesome. I've been blessed enough to get to shoot on the super squad with the ladies at nationals. Uh, so that's, that's been really, really great. A lot of good women. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I specifically put myself on a squad this year at carry optics nationals so that I could watch the super squads and I forget which female singer it was that recorded the song party in the USA, but I swear that is the lady super squad. Yes. But it but it doesn't affect any of your ability to shoot. Like it didn't matter how much of a good time and joking around you guys were having when it came time to shoot, it seemed like you were all 
on ready to go and then as soon as you know show clear boo, 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 ah, it's back to party. i'm like how are they doing this yeah yeah it, it's it's very supportive and i think that one thing i've noticed with the women is it if you're in this sport and you're competing at that level i think you know you're a true competitor right so and i think that there's a very healthy attitude towards it i think it's don't get me wrong you know we we want to all beat each other there's no no doubt about that but you know but you're still happy to see someone do well and i think there's like a very honest okay well this person did it better than i did it okay you know i'm gonna get there but i'm still happy for them and um for me at least uh, you know i try and it, my uh, the sports psychologist that i talk to calls it shooting on yourself um, you know, I, I should be doing this better. I should be doing that. So I, I try and have a good attitude, you know, when I see someone do something better, I'm like, okay, well, how can I replicate that? How do I, you know, I'll take that back to practice. Maybe I'll ask them to send me their videos. Um, and, and it seems like a lot of the women, you know, like I said, are just true competitors. There's no, no, nothing personal. It's just, we're all competing. Right. So the guys, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I think uh, on the guy side, our egos allow us to take some things personally, you know, where, um, so I, and I, I will say this, I mean, if I shot 2% in my first match, I would have been so embarrassed that I don't know that my next match would have been at that same range. Exactly. And I think that's something that women, we don't have to deal with as much. Um, like I said, because at least for me, I'm like, no one's expecting me to come out here and burn this stage down. So let me show them, you know. Um, so th that's been, I think, um, an advantage in a way for that. I, I would agree. I mean, I, yeah. And I, I don't know that anybody expects any of us either, but I think <laughs> we put the pressure on ourselves, you know. Absolutely. Even, um, like I said, I have a motorcycle and even when I bought my first motorcycle, there was, I saw the guys pressuring them one another into larger bikes. And I started out on like a little Ninja 300 and I was like, geez, if I was a guy, I'd probably be on something that I, you know, I wasn't ready for. So I think that it, it just always kind of reminded me of that. So yeah, my heart goes out yeah. to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Hence why, you know, trauma isn't the leading cause of death for this episode is brought to you by Laser App, L-A-S-R App. They specialize in laser dry fire training, super convenient, and not to mention super cheap. You can use anything for a dry fire target and any device with a camera for capturing the laser hits. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. And it's veteran-owned, Semper Fi, Ben. You can utilize multiple targets and multiple cameras, it can be as complex or as simple as your heart desires. They even sell steel challenge banners. They sell cert guns and the cert AR bolt so you can practice indoors with your AR for free. There's a newsletter and a forum you can join. When you sign up for the newsletter, they'll send you a free six-part video series. Check out their website. It's a smorgasbord of items to make you better faster. Use the affiliate link on our website or at the bottom of our podcast notes and on YouTube for a 15% discount. Also, use our coupon code 
in the store for 10% off of other items not necessarily covered by our affiliate link. Thanks for your support, everyone. Without your support, this podcast would be difficult to maintain. Men 18 to 45. Get it. Yeah. Because yeah. we're dumb. <laughs> Pretty much. I didn't say <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. I've seen that. I've seen, I've been on that call where the guy is riding a drag motorcycle and can't take the turn and ends up. Yeah. That, that was it. That was the last of them. Now, can you see that? Yes. That's yes. a crazy map. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. So I basically took your. The states you've lived in and just kind of put it in a in a map yeah. there. And it looks like you went from Pennsylvania to Texas. Yes. Texas to Alabama. Yes. Alabama to Georgia. Yep. Georgia all the way across the United States to California. Yes. And now Arizona. That's right. All right. Next. So what state's next? <laughs> I think that I'm be home. I think that I finally, you know, I, I, I lived in each state, um, California, a little bit shorter, um, but I lived in each state long enough, I think, to, to make some good friends there and kind of really integrate into the community and see like, hey, what's this all about? Um, and see, you know, do I like this or do I not? And um, so far, Arizona has been awesome. I, I, I love it. <laughs> so oh, I think. That, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. When the, the right. housing a little bit, I'll probably buy a house here. So all right, yeah. So you're ready to settle down in a state? Yes, I, we'll see. I, you know, I say that now, but who knows? If something feels interesting or piques, you know, my interest, then then maybe I'll head out. But I, I think I'll be here for a long time. I was looking over some of the stuff you had posted on social media, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to read off a list. Okay. Major matches in which you competed in 2022, Carry Optics Nats, IDPA Nationals, Race Gun Nationals Shooting Open, PCC Nats, Two Gun Nationals, then I have Area 2, Area 6, Alabama Sectional, Florida Sectional, North Carolina Sectional, South Carolina Sectional, Tennessee Sectional, Yes. and maybe a PCSL match. Yes. Yes. That's wow. Sad. Oh, right. Did we say Tennessee too? I think. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a back to back with North Carolina. Yeah. So, and I was signed up for a few more, but when I moved to California, you know, I was signed up for Dragon's Cup and it was like, I would have literally been mm. pulling up in a hall and it was, you know, it was a multi day trip across the state. So I decided to skip that and Colorado. There were a couple I, I skipped out on, but yeah. So it was, it was a lot. How in the world do you shoot all of that in a year? Um, so I think I just caught the bug, right? And I was like, well, <laughs> you know, where, where do you go and where, where do you really see where you're at? Um, but admittedly, towards the end of the year, I think I was just trying to, there was a lot going on personally that I'm like, okay, I'm just pushing through. I'm ready for the season to kind of be, be over to, to get situated and get back to practicing. Um, I, I was warned by everyone, you know, you'll get burnout and, and this and that. And um, it was a good experience. It was a lot of fun. I learned a tremendous amount. 
uh, it, it's a lot of money to go and not, you know, to just kind of shoot and say, okay, well, wherever I end up, I end up. So I, this next year, I'm going to be a lot more intentional about that. Um, the focus is really going to be on practice and then, you know, showing up. To, yeah. So what do you think you learned the most from all of those matches this year? So well, I think the biggest match that I learned something from was actually my first nationals. Um, I, the PCC ladies on the super squad decided that they wanted to shoot on the PCC super squad. So there were a couple spots on the lady super squad and I had shot pretty well at Georgia state and was invited to shoot on it. And now I, I had mentioned before the sports psychologist, right? So even at my local matches, I had went ahead and um, I think you actually had her on here, Megan Sullivan. Yes. Absolutely outstanding. And it has helped me so, so much. Um, but I was so anxious. And so nervous, like everyone's watching me and, you know, like, that was so stupid. How did you do that? Just really in my head. Um, so when I got to, to nationals, you know, I'd been shooting nine months. So I get to nationals and I'm like, oh, there's people with cameras. You know, you have John from Shooting USA and I'm like, there's like a crowd of people. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like this is terrible. What's going on? And you know, I had been shooting okay. And then when the cameras got on, it was like, um, it was the steel. It was like partial steel, partial steel, partial steel. And, you know, I'm like, okay, that went pretty well, but it was like right into the no shoot. Didn't even call it. Um, and, and just that, that attention on you when you're already like, I'm kind of an anxious, a little bit neurotic person. So that stuff would get <laughs> ahead. Um, and I was like, gosh, like, and I zeroed the strong hand weekend stage. So I'm like, you guys want me to do this? You know, I'm, I can barely do it with two hands. You want me to do this with one and my weekend? Like, this is, you're crazy. So I zeroed that stage and it was kind of like, it, it was pretty emotional for me. Like I definitely, maybe, maybe might've cried <laughs> after the night. I was like, wanted to do well so bad. Um, but for me, that was probably the biggest thing that I learned. I'm like, nothing could be worse than zeroing a stage in front of all of these people. Like no local match is ever, never going to sweat it again. So that was, that was huge. Yeah. So it's probably my biggest lesson, biggest takeaway. <laughs> Have you seen that picture? Um, let's see. Oh no, I hadn't. Ah. When is so, that? That's, from optics? that's carry optics nationals. You. Yeah. Yeah. All the pro grip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had a competitor on our squad at Carry Optics Nationals, whose wife is a photographer. What is her name? I'm, I feel like I might know who. Chelsea Denon. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm not. Okay, there's another woman that will take the photographs that I always see. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't see that. No, that's awesome. That that's, that's not the only one. Oh, cool. How about that one? Okay, yeah, no, I haven't seen any of these. These are awesome. Oh, that's Nell. Sorry, that's not you. <laughs> Speaking of which, all right, hold on, because I never, I blew right past it. How tall are you? I am 5'9 and three quarters, so almost 5'10. Okay, well, oh. you seem taller than that in real life. Yeah. Because I was I'm thinking you were about 5'11, almost six foot. 
Yeah, no, almost 5'10". I'm it just must just be tall. the company you keep on the ladies' super squad makes you look that much taller. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of tall, very tall ladies. I, yeah, I don't really think... I think Kaylee's probably the closest one to your height. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anyone else that... And yeah. she needs to have some height because of the giant she's married to. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Mason's pretty tall. <laughs> oh, man, that guy is tall. Yeah. Um, so I will send these to you, but... Because um, she sent all of them that she took to us. That's so awesome. So, it, That's cool. Yeah, so like I even have women's super squad pictures that she had taken. So I'll forward these to you and um, her email address because I don't know what else she may have or awesome. you know if you ever if you ever want to just say hey are you okay with me using this in X Y and Z then you know you can get that. But yeah, awesome pictures she took. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, some good ones. Now, what what did happen at the other two Nash? Well, I DQ'd at both of them. <laughs> it so, happens, but... You know, mentally, I, I knew that I was already moving to Arizona um, and, and leaving California. And so I'm like, okay, let me just get through these, these Nationals. I didn't really have a whole lot of time behind the PCC. I think I had shot it, you know, a handful of times and maybe one match with PCC before two gun nationals, um, I might've shot the gun once at the range and then was like, well, you know, I'll just go. It'll be fun. Hopefully, you know, what I've learned with pistol, I can, you know, help me stay afloat a bit. Um, just be careful and not get DQ'd. So I didn't get DQ'd at two gun net. So there's that. Um, but open nationals, it was day one last day. And, um, Trying to think, yeah. everything that could have gone wrong up to that point was was going wrong. I was having some issues with the open gun that I had, and I, I was very blessed and super thankful for Taryn. He um, overnighted me the Sand Viper, so I would have something to shoot it open. Um, so, and I had shot that before. I had borrowed some friends, so um, I was I was comfortable with the gun, but it, it's the airport it's like my luggage was late so i didn't come in they lost my well not lost they left my gun bag so i had to go back to the airport didn't get into talladega until super late so i'm like okay just survive the day one and we get to the last stage and i should have known that i wasn't going to clear the wall because there was a partial it was that glock i think it was the glock stage up top it was the c-section the very first stage there, I think. Okay. And, you know, you had to go, it was like the, the wall came way, way back in the back that you had to go out of the fault lines and run around. And then in the front, there was like, it was kind of like a T and I, I you know, I'm, I'm shooting the array in the front. And then there was a, a partial target that I was kind of fishing for. And in my walkthrough, I, I didn't need to fish for it. And when I turned around, I went and I feel myself start to fall. And, you know, the first thought is, well, don't break 180. Don't flag yourself. So I have the gun here. And I kind of put this arm back because I felt myself falling forward. And I, I didn't know why I was falling. And all of a sudden, I just feel this huge jerk. And it rips me. It was my holster had caught the wall. 
And it was just like, it just ripped me around. And, you know, I, I get to the end, I'm like still kind of running and they're like, stop. And I'm like, you know, I just apologize to everyone. Um, yeah, so that was not a good feeling. And so, so that was open Nats. Um, but I, I got really good at taking videos and, and reset the rest of the match. Um, so then I stayed in Talladega. Fast forward, it's PCC. I'm like, okay, there's a little bit less pressure here. I have no expectation. You know, this is like the fifth time I've shot this gun. Just And everyone's kind of making the DQ jokes. Just don't DQ, don't DQ. So I think it was day two. We get to day two. Oh, this is so embarrassing. And I'm like really embarrassed of this, but we get to day two. And uh, I've been trying to be intentional on my last target that I, uh, you know, I, I want to have two alphas on my last target because Aaron Eddins will always say, you have all the time in the world. It's last target, you know? Um, so, but I stopped on the switch on this stage and in my head, I'm like, my walkthrough, I wasn't supposed to be stopped on this swinger, you know, thinking about, you know, cause sometimes I'll unload too fast and then you have to reload and engage another target or something. So I've been trying to, to stay focused on that. And I realized, you know, I dropped the mag and then I realized, oh no, you're going to have an FTSA. You need to engage this target. So I reload it. I engage the target, just unload and show clear. And when I go to pull the mag, I don't hit the mag release. I hit the trigger. So I, my heart just sinks and I'm like, oh gosh, like I, I was, I was kind of a mess at that point. You know, it was like, just came off open nats and DQ'd. And now I'm like, I've done this thing that I know accidents happen. And then that's why we have the safety rules, but I'm like, Oh, no one's going to trust me with a gun. And no one's going to want to shoot with me. And this is terrible. And how am I going to recover from this? And I'm like, and I like teared up and I'm like, okay, like I just need a second. Um, and I saw like Jay Lee and Justine in the parking lot and they gave me a hug and they're super sweet, you know, they're like, text Linda and I'm like, man, like, this is terrible, you know? And she's like, you know, you're going through some stuff. Your head's not there. Just like, you know, we're, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll dress it and like, it'll be okay. So like the support of, you know, friends and, and other shooters was, was really helpful, but yeah, it was not a good feeling. Yeah. So, so nationals, it was not, not my best. And, um, you, you learn, I've definitely, um, I think maybe I was too lackadaisical with, Oh, I'll just be slower with manipulations with this gun. Um, you know, you, you really want to be sure that you know, you know, the like I have pretty big hands, but the way the the mag release is and where the trigger well is, uh, you know, when I look at it now, I'm like, well, that's easy to to slip in there. But I think it, it was more of a mental thing, I guess. Um, I get that. Yeah, there's. I didn't yeah. have. Um, I didn't shoot my best at Carry Optics Nationals. I haven't done a whole lot of training or other stuff with my my schedule the way it's been this year but it took me uh after day one i had to sit down and go what is going on with my shooting and i was like oh well i'm only here shooting 50 percent of the shooting's only 50 percent of why i'm here the other 50 percent is the podcast so i'm hey. not 100 percent focused on shooting so okay uh, i'm gonna have to deal with whatever wherever i end up right right and yeah, I think that that's something that became very apparent. I knew I, I loved the people in the sport, but, you know, I, I 
apologize for what I did for both DQs and, you know, apologize to the squad, apologize to the ROs. And, you know, then I stayed to help pace and, and, um, you know, I get to still hang out and watch everyone. And that became really clear to me that, you know, I, I love this sport because I'm passionate about shooting, but I also, <laughs> and, you know, it's still a good time to, to go out there and be surrounded by good people, supportive people. So, you know, it's, it's still a good, good experience. I, I think that shows a lot of character because I don't know if I would have hung around. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's awesome that you did and, and still hung out. So I think that's great. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And because... I, look, I've DQ'd twice myself, once at a local. Um, it was one of those where you had to retreat. And mm -hmm. I had the gun up and I'm going back. But I was like, oh, let me reload before I get all the way back. And apparently when I went to reload, I moved the gun just enough to break the 180 and then not this year but a year ago 2021 i was shooting area eight and there was one stage where i could get i could i found a way to shoot the stage from three spots so i shot well on the start on the go i shot six different targets and the sixth the first and the sixth were like 10 degrees off of 180. So on that six target, the next one, I had to move up into my left. And when I did, the RO said, you left before your gun moved. So then the gun ended up lagging uh. and breaking the 180 that way, you know? Uh. So yeah, it sucks, but I, I, I get it. Things happen, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, I think the takeaway is like, you know, I, I've always told myself I won't push beyond, you know, you want to push, you want to try, you want to be aggressive, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I try not to push myself beyond my ability, right? Like in practice, and I'm still safe, obviously in practice, but it's, it's kind of a different game when you're at a, a match because there's, there's other people and you know, there's other, other people's safety that you have to take into account and just being really mindful and purposeful. And, you know, I'm like, oh, it might take me a little bit extra time to do this, but I'm going to hold off. And like you said, you know, um, I think seeing other people's DQs or hearing other people talk about it helps you as a shooter too, because it makes you aware, you know, like, um, do you remember when that, that guy had fallen at area five? Yes. And he had shot across the bay and, you know, there's some, some backlash and I don't want to get too far into that. But I was like, well, what do you mean, guys? Nobody ever told me how to fall. You know, I don't, I never even thought about what, what do I do if I fall? And I, I don't, I, I, if I'm being honest, I don't know. I, I'd like to think I would do everything right, but I had never thought about it. So, um, it, yeah. It is definitely a fear of mine because I think my, I've thought about this when it, when it happened and I, I read everything and that's scary because I would have never considered that somebody would fall in such a manner or could fall in such a manner that you would end up discharging your pistol and it impacting in the bay behind you. That's a scary thought, but right. <laughs> I think, I think my natural reaction is to grab the gun and create like that fist. So I'm, I'm always scared that my finger is going to come off the slide and into the trigger guard all the time anyway. So I, yeah, I think what right. I have, 
hopefully formulated in my head is I'm just going to bring my finger all the way down if I'm falling and create my Nils Jonasson approved Canic Rival. <laughs> you know, if I'm falling, then I'm going to try to just bring my finger all the way down under the trigger guard and yeah. fall, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to do. But at the same time, what if I don't? It's still going to hit the trigger. So I'm just, I'm nervous for myself if I fall like that. Like, where's my finger going to go? Because I know it's going to want to grab. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the scary part. I'm like, you know, I think, well, Brennan Conaway had also fallen at that match. Uh, but, you know, he's like, nope, you you take the, the cement or you know, the ground right to the face if you have to. Like, whatever you got to do, Jess, like you, you know, you make sure that, that gun is, you know, a little baby and you don't, right. Don't drop, you know, so, but I mean, that's part of, that's part of the sport, you know, and just, yeah. 20, 2021 nationals. Um, so if you remember stage 12, Ugh, um, so this year, that stage 12 is that last stage before you go uphill to the third section. Okay, so down on so the Yeah, so, no, well, hold on. So okay. 2021, when I, that's okay, I, I, I kind of ran everything together there. Um, <laughs> but that was my last stage in 2021, was that stage. Okay. And we had a guy on our squad. We had Luigi Lee, who I love shooting with. That guy's hysterical. Um, yeah. And a good shooter. So, yeah. But we also had a Canadian on our squad who was a master class. And he was very good. And wouldn't you know it, we show up to our last stage of carry optics. And one of the ROs is like, oh, you guys still have a full squad? Nobody's DQ'd? <gasps> and I was like, my eyes got this big. I'm like, I'm, I'm DQ'd twice in my career. I am not saying a word here. I'm, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Right. And so... Somebody said something. I think it was the Canadian shooter. And yeah. you know it. He was transitioning from one side to the other and fired around into the ground about a foot in front of his right foot. And I was like, oh. So obviously it was an immediate disqualification. But at the same time, I would shoot with that guy because I don't think he's unsafe. Um, he's a very good shooter, but you know, I, I don't know, ex I don't know the guy, so we didn't talk. I'm sure there was a, you know, something happened and he probably knows what it was and I'm sure he feels this big for it, but I don't look at the guy any differently just because that happened, you know? Right. Right. And I mean, it, you know, after mine, it's like the amount of people that come up and then they tell you, you know, Hey, you know, I, I, I did the same thing. I indeed, or I did this, you know, and uh, the amount of people that will come up and tell you about their stories. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like, okay, this is an accomplished shooter who I respect very much. Like they're well-respected, they're safe. Um, you know, it, things happen like really good shooters. Sometimes it, it happens to everyone. I think it's how you walk away from it. And, you know, do you put a plan to mitigate those kind of things in the future? Mm -hmm. How do you how what's your attitude like about it? Um, you know, even, you know, I was talking to Becky, Becky Ackley. I, I love her. Well, I, I love everyone, but, but, you know, she's just been like, um, like super she, supportive. She, 
for for everybody that wasn't there to watch the women's super squad she was the mom of the lady super squad she's she's incredible you know and i'm like becky like i did this and i like kind of everything that i said like i'm like i don't no one's gonna trust me to shoot and she's like you know that's why we have the the multiple rules of safety in place and you know just just come back better from it so yeah it's but I, I do think it's something that you know i don't want to laugh off or not you know it's I'll even hear people say AD, accidental discharge. And I'm like, no, no, negligent. That was negligent on my part. There was something that I wasn't doing that I, I, this happened and that's on me and I need to take responsibility for it. I, you know, I'm thankful that everyone was really understanding and cool about it, but I take that really seriously. Um, so hopefully people feel the same way about me. They know that I, you know, I, I care and that that's something that, um, we, we won't see in the future. So yeah, and I and I think that's the like you said. I mean, it comes down to did you learn from it, and what what are you right. doing next time to not do it? You know, like now I know when I'm retreating, I wait till I start to turn before I will. I'll pull the mag out and have it in my hand, but exactly. I won't insert it until I'm turning and I know that I'm not going to break the 180. Exactly. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So do you do you have an ammo sponsor? I don't. Oh so. my God. You need to get one with as much I as know. you shoot. I know. I know. I know. That's like, that, <laughs> that would be the one I'm terrible with the sponsorship stuff though, because the social media part is like probably my least favorite part about it. It's kind of become mm. my journal, but I'm not like, Hey, this is this. It's just like, Hey, yeah, this is what I use. I like it. I don't have any issues. And um, my focus is really more on just improving as a shooter so eventually, you know, I'll look for, for that kind of stuff. But right now I'm like, well, hopefully somebody approaches you. So you said Taryn overnighted the sand viper. Are you yeah. a sponsored shooter? Uh, so yeah, Taryn has, has helped me out quite a bit. Um, I, a wonderful person and man and very generous. Um, I'm lucky, very blessed to be able to call him a friend. Uh, and he's helped me out quite a bit. Um, so now I'm, I'm running the sand Viper. I, I love shooting. It's open minor, but I, I love shooting it so much. It's such a pleasure and so enjoyable to shoot. And I'm like, yeah, I'll shoot minor in open, you know, and like it should be getting alphas anyways. So, uh, that, and then the TR nine, uh, for PCC. So I'm, I'm going to ease a little bit more into more multi-gun. Um, but right now it's, it's mostly pistol, but yeah. So Taryn, Taryn has helped me out a lot with that. Okay, well, that's awesome. So, yeah. have you? Did you get an opportunity to go out to his place when you were in California? Yes, yes, it's it was super cool. Taryn was awesome. I I think I shot a thousand rounds. He like let me go to the range by myself and just go ham. So I thought that was really really cool that he did that and and allowed you know let me do that and shared his range with me. So that yeah. yeah, is was, awesome. Yeah, really cool. So what is it now? I've seen the, the sand vipers new. Yes. So what is it that makes it special? Well, so I, I started in carry optics, right? So the, the shadow too, I don't even know what, what's the weight on the double action. The trigger, first of all, is, is a huge difference, right? Double action to this, this open trigger that's a, a little over a pound or two pounds. Right. Um, that's super nice. The the balance, it's just balanced very nice. I, I don't mm. want to know a whole lot, but I know I'm like, this either feels good or it doesn't. Um, 
So the, the balance is great. Um, it's just like a well-oiled machine. It's just everything's so smooth and slick uh, about the way it cycles. And, you know, I don't have any malfunctions. And uh, it's, it's the weight, too, I think is a big thing. Um, is it steel frame? No. So it's... Uh, Poly it's the, Polymer? Yep, yep. So... Okay. Yeah. So I was... Um, I, I, honestly, I wasn't expecting to to love it so much because I'm coming from the shadow too. I put the lock brass, aggressive brass, you know, I think they're like nine, nine ounces. So I'm used to this wow. heavy, heavy gun. Um, so that was different, but I love it. Yeah, I it, mean, it, it looks, it, it looks great, but I've, you know, I've never seen one in person, but it looks nice. Oh, uh, well, if anyone sees me out and, you know, I happy to let you shoot it. If you want to run it on a stage or we can share it for a match, or if you just want to shoot a couple rounds, I'm definitely happy to let anyone try that. So uh, as a matter of fact, didn't you just let someone shoot it like last weekend or something in a match? Yeah, that's um, so there was a guy yesterday that he, he kept having malfunctions with his gun and he I, he shot it on a stage. And then, yeah, it. Um, where else was that, I at? that made it to social media? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Because uh, apparently someone that I follow with the yeah. podcast and. He posted it and someone was like, is that, I forget exactly if they said Jessica or Jess or Jesse or what, yeah. is that her sand viper? And he said, yep. Uh, I was like, know, oh. Is this after PCC nuts? It might've been Jack, Jack, I think, or someone. Someone, their gun wasn't working and they, they ran it for the rest of the match. So. Um, it was literally, I want to say, I just saw it in the last couple of days. Okay. So it was probably at PCC nationals we shot a, a was it an, an indoor match maybe um if... I, I i'll be honest i i couldn't tell you oh okay. yeah 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 so yeah anytime i think that's like important people have been so awesome to me i you know i always say you could probably show up to a, a match uspsa match with nothing and people are going to give you enough stuff as a group to get you get to shooting so yeah i always try and and share if you know I'd want someone to do it for me, right? You're out there. You want to you wanna shoot. You want to practice. Cool to try new things. But yeah. Yeah. I've, I've said on here before where um, we drove, my son and I drove two hours for a match. And we got there and we had our guns. We had ammo. We had everything except our belts with our holsters. No. That's so, we're like, so I'm like, hey, sorry, but, you know, we can't shoot. We got to go. And they're like, no, wait, wait, wait. I've got belts, I've got guns and mags. I'm like, well, there's two of, and I was feeling bad, you know, like borrowing somebody's gear. I was like, I feel terrible. And they're like, oh. and they were the owners of the range. And they're yeah. like, no, no, just stay here. You got the ammo. Well, yeah. so sure enough, it took me seven stages to get used to that Glock. Uh, but on the eighth stage, man, I shot great. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I mean, that just, you know, carries over what you're saying that, man, people will help you out all the time in this sport. So. Absolutely. And I like never want someone, you know, something as silly as that you forget something, you know, I've, I've gone to the range and set up a whole practice, you know, spent an hour and a half getting all my barrels and walls and then said, I don't have any mags, <laughs> you know, so. It's, it's, you know, nice that people will step up and, and share where they can. Shout out to my wife. I went to a match an hour away, forgot my ammo, 
And I was like, well, I can't shoot. I texted her. I was like, I'll probably be coming back. I, I, I forgot my ammo. And she's like, I'll bring it. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, she's done it twice. The good thing was the other one's only 20 minutes from here. So that's no big deal. But an hour away. So that's a two-hour turnaround. Yes. Oh, Thank God. You got to keep Great her wife. There. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. God bless her. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you have you shot any rifle stuff or other than just two gun? So I did a, a Wolverine Wednesday, I think, in Vegas. Within it was a Galil um, that I shot, and that was pretty fun. And then I shot a PCSL match with I think it was TR one. I didn't even know. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not so much into the rifles as much. Um, so I've done a little bit there and then two gun gnats, but not really too much. Okay. But I think I'll get into it eventually, but I, my big focus this year is going to be a lot. <laughs> you know, just okay. So PCC rifles, basically what you've shot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any, yeah. any desire to shoot rifle? Um, so, like I said, I think I'll get more into a multi-gun a little bit, but, or maybe even PRS. I got to hang out with some of the guys at Accuracy Inter International and shoot one of their their rifles. That was pretty fun, but, you know, that's it's an expensive hobby. I've got... Very. Um, yeah. <laughs> I got two Eddie Garcia guns on the way, so for open. <laughs> so I'm, like, kind of invested in that and... and yeah, I think it'll be a little bit longer for, for rifle for me, but eventually. Yeah, my, my dream rifle is an Accuracy International, but it's 20 grand. 20 grand. I need to, I need to hit the lottery is what yeah. I need to do. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. It's definitely an investment, and I think I'm not, I'm not committed enough to, you know, let's say PRS or something like that at this time to, to justify it to myself, so. Well, I've been, I've been a in lust with accuracy international rifles for 30 years now because when i was an instructor at quantico malcolm cooper the guy who built those guns and started accuracy international visited us so i was able to shoot those guns then and at that time i said this gun is better than anything we're having hand built right you know, we had we basically had custom rifles being built for the marine snipers and I was like, this gun beats those hands down, and they're doing it in a factory. Those things are absolutely amazing. It is crazy how much, you know, I know people say that, you know, you look at Nils, he's winning with a Canic, you know, like, not, not that that's not a good gun. I've never shot one, but, you know, but I think it definitely makes it a little easier to shoot sometimes, you know, depending on the platform. Um, so, yeah, I could see how you could you know, kind of want that after you try it. I've had a, a couple people I was trying to get um, one of the guy's wives. She shot here or there. We were at a birthday party the other day. And I'm like, just come out. Like, you can shoot one of my guns. And he's like, don't you dare let her shoot that Sam Viper because then she's going to want it. And this is what she's going to shoot, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. <laughs> Little did you know, you just became a Terran tactical salesperson. Yeah. I, it's an easy, it's, it's easy to, to, you know, I'm just honest, right? I, I really, really yeah. enjoy shooting. All right. So you have shot at a lot of different, way more pistol ranges than I've ever shot at. 
I've shot at a lot of rifle ranges, but not pistol ranges. Okay. So, Yee Min calls you up tomorrow. Says, Jesse, we're, we're kind of stumped. Where do you suggest we hold 2024 nationals? Oh. What's, your, what's your answer? That's, that's tough. I, I, lo I, I love yeah. the, the stuff you do. Every time you're thinking hard, you're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the color, the cameo Colorado is just absolutely breathtaking. You know, the views are great. And there's uh, Walt is in, in charge of some stuff there. Great, great guy. Um, the bays are awesome. They're nice big bays. Um, the weather's nice. Uh, but I don't know that with mag capacity, all that kind of nonsense, I don't know that that's possible. But I, I really like, and, and I shot the PCSL match in St. George at the Cobalt range. And I mean, it's that's just, that's probably my favorite range in terms of like, you know, it's the natural terrain. It's really beautiful. Again, just breathtaking views. But I would probably still say Talladega. I think it's it's a nice, it's got nice size bays, you know, a good mix. And maybe I'm just comfortable with it because that's where Nationals has, have been since I started. That's the only place I shot it. Um, okay. Yeah. How, how about you? I'm curious to hear what. Now, I'll get there in just a second. I, I will answer your question. Now, Florida State, that was not at, um, oh, shoot, Universal Shooting Academy in Frostproof, correct? That was somewhere else. Florida State was at, was it at Wyoming Antelope Club? Or yes. No, no. That's, I think that's where it was. There was Florida State, Florida Open, and then another did, one. Florida did Open. you shoot? Florida Open is at Universal, so Frostproof. Yeah. Have you shot there? Yes, I shot that. Okay. Because I've uh, shot Nationals there and Talladega. Those are the only two places I've shot. Okay. But I would not do it at CMP for two reasons. One, I think they need more bays. And okay. two, food in actual Talladega is, I mean, if you're an Ethiopian, you're going to starve in Talladega. You're, you're like yeah. you're back home in Ethiopia. Yes. You have to be in Oxford to find any place to eat after like 6 p.m. So for me, that, that doesn't work. Now, when I had June Kim on here, the big thing I talked about was, or thought was we need, I feel Vegas for Carry Optics Nationals is the place to be. Interesting. What, what range? Um, front Sight, I believe, is the one. I could be wrong. Um, okay. I, I'm trying to remember now what, which one June and I talked about. But when you talk about logistics for people coming in, you have a major airport. Oh. You have more accommodations than anybody could, you know, swing a bat at. Yeah. You've got a you've got a range. They've held it there before. And then this is what I said. You do it in January. I was there for Shot Show last year. It was 60 degrees during the day. So it gets plenty warm. Yeah. Lot lots of sunshine. And then you do it the week end leading up to SHOT Show. You have every major manufacturer and ammo manufacturer, you know, rifle, pistol, 
every accessory, everybody there. And you get the National Shooting Sports Foundation to kind of help you out a little bit planning all of that. And now you just have, you've added four or five days to SHOT Show because you know they're going to, They a lot of those places would be like, yeah, we'd love to kind of help out and get our name out even more, you know, and to make it a huge media event. Right. Yeah, I never thought about that. The travel thing is definitely a big thing too, the cheap flights in and out of Vegas and, and you know, hotel accommodations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the only thing that I would think about putting it so close to SHOT Show is I could see some people maybe having a hard time getting off work that if they wanted to do both, you know, because I heard people complain about some of the the nationals being, you know, so close. They're like, well, I can't take off another, you know, I was just here for this, so I'm not shooting the next one because it's it's too close and I can't take off two weeks from work. But I like the idea of Vegas, yeah, or, or even Area 2, uh, Rio. Have you shot at, at Rio Salado? Oh, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's a, the range is, is really great there, too. So there's a lot of space, a lot of bays. You would, that's another one of those you would have to do at the end of the year. And you wouldn't want it around the holidays. So I, I feel like November, because <laughs> they do theirs, what, the first or second weekend of November? Um, I think it was the second this year, maybe. I think last year, I want to say it was earlier. I I like the idea of an end of the year. Look, Carry Optics is by far the biggest division. It yeah. it It's getting mammoth in size. Yeah. So you make that your big end of year event. You can't do it in November and December. Too many holidays and stuff. But right. you would have every single area match completely done. And then yeah. if you did it in January, it'd be like, all right, you've got 60, 65 days to prep for yeah. carry optics nationals. If you did the same thing every year, just for that one nationals, then everybody could for work purposes plan for yeah. it every year. So, right. Yeah. Like that June, be- June is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I said it. I'm not I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's terrible. Hot. Yeah. Well, it's not just hot, but um the, I, you know, several guests. Like what major matches are you gonna shoot? Like Michaela Hill, we talked I talked to her. You're she's great. in Washington, you have what? We came up with maybe two major matches she can shoot before to get prepped. But you have the same problem everywhere else. One or two major matches, and that's it. So it's way too early in the season for something that big to be competed at that level. Right. Right. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. Maybe that's something that they'll, they'll look at and, and is it historically? Oh, no, they better. (laughs) (laughs) Has it historically been the same, you know, the same months? I, I, like I said, I'm so new. It's only been two nationals for me. So, well, I've I've only been doing it for four years. But the four years that I've seen it, and I mean, Carry Optics has only been around for like two or three more years beyond that. Okay, um, it's always been in that September October time frame. Okay, so I think that's a good time of year. I would still rather it be after Area Two because I feel like. I feel like the season's not over until 
all of the area matches are done and nationals. So to have to wait another month for area two to finish. Right. It's kind of like the season's still hanging. And then I, I kind of feel like it's anticlimactic. Like if you look, I went and looked at the results. There weren't that many high level shooters there. And when I mean high level, I mean like national champion level shooters. Even at Mills wasn't there. Two? Yeah, at two. Oh, really? I feel like there was a good... Well, like even Nils wasn't there. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I guess we didn't see some of those guys, but there, you know, I think there were a, a really good... There was still a lot of really, really good shooters Yeah, was there. it competitive? Absolutely. But you see a lot more of those guys competing leading up to Nationals Right. And then like area two just kind of falls off for that upper echelon, like that top 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Area two. That, well, that's actually why I moved out here. So I still think it's a fantastic match. Um, I shot it last year and mm -hmm. I looked around. I said, um, um, I looked at shooting Becky um, and, and Jake and I'm like, I'm going to move here. And they're like, Jessica, it gets really hot in the summer. And I'm like, I don't care. I think, I think this is where I'm <laughs> supposed to be, you know? Um, and I did. But yeah, I still think it's a great match, but I could definitely see what you're saying there with the, you know, with some people not, you know, and you've already exhausted all these resources throughout the year. And, you know, I'm sure people are going to pick nationals over an area match. And if that's the last one or the last vacation days you have, then I could definitely right. see it, it doing that. But it definitely doesn't have any problem filling up. That's um, one thing about oh, matches. There's yeah. so many years. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree there. It'll always fill up, but yeah, I just I like the I like the area matches before nationals where you know you kind of get an idea of where the shooters are falling and how they're competing against each other leading up to nationals. So it's it's fun to follow. Right, right. And you know, after all the nationals were downhill here. Nils decided to go to Europe and then win IDPA Europe Championship. So he's doing something. I, I've been thinking about contacting Jessica, um, his wife, and and him to see if maybe they'd do a, a little training with me. Um, especially someone so tall. I, I I have these long long limbs and long legs that I still feel like a baby giraffe sometimes trying to figure <laughs> out. Um, it's almost like the distance I can cover so much ground with them that I struggle with these awkward, you know, I'm like, it's either two giant steps or a giant step and all these weird little, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm trying to learn how to use my legs. So. Right. Just, yeah. I get that completely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what are your goals for next year? So this next year, I'm just going to be really focused and intentional with, with my practice. Um, and I don't have any big, you know, I want to win this or I want to win that. It's just truly, I want to master this sport. I want to master shooting a pistol. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've had a slow, slow, but very steady uphill progress with things. I, uh, and, and just, being really focused on that. And like I said, being more intentional with the major matches that I'm shooting and practice and I'm doing daily dry fire now and started little like accountability videos for myself. I'm like, okay, if I, if I do this every day, you know, just a little at a time, then, then I'll, I'll just keep getting better. Uh, but it, for me right now, it's not about 
winning. Like I said, it's about mastering the task. So. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll work next year. So. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for coming on. Is there anything else you wanted to? No, this was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was really my pleasure, Dave. Uh, It was my pleasure. I'm glad we could finally get it together and do it. So that's awesome. Yes. And thank you for that too. Oh, no, you're welcome. Your, your (laughs) schedule is crazy. So it's all good. No problem. I'll have to have you on again. Yes, please. I would, I would love to. And and whenever I see you next to just ask me and grab me and we'll go shoot the sand viper so you can try it out. Okay. Are you going to be at shot show? Um, I, I, I might, I might be, I think that I'll, I'll, uh, probably make my way there. So. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll shoot you a text beforehand. Cause I will. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I look forward to it. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Dave. You have a good one. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. <laughs>